Hello, 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 Black Healing Matters family. Danielle here with the Black Healing Matters podcast. And I'm so excited to be back here. You know, it's been a while and I mean, we're right back in it. And you know, today is Tuesday and you know, it's been a while. So maybe you forgot what Tuesday means, but that means it is Know Thy History Tuesday. And so today I'd like to start off with a little uh, devotional, actually. I've been reading this devotional, just decided to start it this year. And I came across this particular um, devotional and I thought, wow, this is great for Know Thy History Tuesdays. And so I will read. It comes from the book called Black Pearls. And it's a daily devotional with uh, aspirations, affirmations, and and, and uh, inspiration for African Americans by Eric V. Copage. And so it reads, in short, on this day, I will take five minutes to meditate upon something I have that reminds me of my African descent. It may be a piece of African cloth, a sculpture, a family photograph, and let it inspire me to learn more about Africa and do the best I can in whatever I have to accomplish today. So that comes, uh, that is a January 3rd, so I guess that'd be for tomorrow, but that is the January 3rd devotional. And as you can tell, it's about history. So I decided to uh, find another book about history. And I really wanted to find a a good resource to to give to you uh, because, you know, I know that some of you are very interested in African history, as am I. And I've been trying to find good resources. And one that I came across and want to share with you is by an, a historian by the name of Robin Walker. Robin Walker is a man, and he wrote a book, which I thought was really ingenious, a title. It's called, If You Want to Learn Early African History, Start Here. <laughs> it doesn't get much more clear than that, yeah? So I picked up this book, If You Want to Learn More About Af- African History, learn here, start here. And one of the first uh, paragraphs in the book talks about Africa. And I'm going to read it really quickly for you, because I think that this is really pertinent to why it's important to our healing, to actually understand Africa, what it was like before we were slaves. And here I'm going to read from the book. This is from the introduction of the book of mention by Robin Walker. When Africa is dismissed as a land without history, people in the black community often claim, why, of course we have a history. We were once slaves. Many people are aware of the role that England played in the mass enslaving of Africans from the time of Queen Elizabeth I. England's 
leading slave trader, Sir John Hawkins, led an important slave raid in 1562. This, however, raises an important question. What history do black people have before 1562? I propose to answer this question. And so in this book, he goes on, the rest of the book is really dedicated to answering that question. What was the history of black people before slavery? And one of the first, the first chapter of the book talks about the Songhai Empire. Have you ever heard of the Songhai Empire? To be honest with you, I didn't know much about it. I had heard about it in passing before really reading this book. And this really opened my eyes to the, the just the majesty of, wow, what these people were, just what they did, what they created so long ago. And it's just fantastic. So I'm going to read from this first chapter of the book about the Songhai Empire. And Songhai is spelled S-O-N-G-H-A-I, Empire in Africa. Ready? All right. I'm going to read maybe five minutes from this book. And so you can sit back and enjoy story time. (laughs) All right, here we go. The Songhai Empire, at its height, ruled two-thirds of West Africa. Its first kings ruled in 690 AD. But the Great Period was from 1464 to 1591. Its important cities were Gao, Timbuktu, Jenne, and Kano. At its height, the empire ruled portions of Senegal, Gambia, Guinea, Mali, Niger, and Nigeria. There were two winter, I'm sorry, two waterways running through the empire, the Senegal River and the Niger River. The Songhai Empire had writing The black community had been led to believe that Africa had no writing and relied entirely on oral traditions. Tombstones from the Songhai period have survived. Some of these tombstones dated back to the 11th century AD. The city of Timbuktu was a typical West African city from the the period. It was the cultural capital of the Songhai Empire. Channel 4 television made a documentary that claimed it had a 14th century population of 115,000 people. They further claimed it had a university population of 25,000 people. My research says it also had a school population of 20,000 people. These figures are not large, but when it is understood that 14th century London had a total population of 20,000 people, that shows that Timbuktu was five and a half times bigger than medieval London. 
Timbuktu, like all great cities, survived because of trade. There were camels, caravans, especially in the north, bringing salt into Timbuktu. There were donkey caravans, especially in the south, bringing gold into Timbuktu. Even Khaldan, a great medieval historian, said that on just one trade road, there were 12,000 camels operating in a single year. Goods also moved by water. There were barges that carried from three to 50 people. There were also royal boats that carried up to 80 people. Some watercrafts had cabins where whole families cooked, ate, and slept. Gold was the most important trading product in the Songhai Empire. Salt was the second most important. It was mined in the northern city of Tagaza and carried south by camel caravan. In many parts of West Africa, luxury salt cellars were made and are still held by many European museums. Leather was another important trading product. Kano was the center of this, of this industry. In this city, they made leather pillowcases, bookcases, saddles, boots, and slippers. Some of these leather products were collected by the British Museum in the mid-19th century. Among British Museum artifacts are ostrich feather sandals, as well as boots and leggings. Leo Africanus, a contemporary of the Songhai Empire, commented on Kano's shoe industry as early as 1526. As large as the gold industry, the salt industry and the leather industries were the biggest industry in medieval West Africa. What was that big, biggest industry? Books! This, this is what Leo Africanus, a Moroccan contemporary, had to say about the book trade in Timbuktu in 1526. In Timbuktu, there were numerous judges, PhDs, and clerics, all receiving good salaries from the king. He pays great respect to men of learning. There is a big demand for books imported from North, North Africa. More profit is made from the book trade than any other line of business. Wow. Black families and institutions still have many of these old books as family heirlooms. There are 3,450 old manuscripts still surviving in the cities of Chinguti and Oaden. There are perhaps 6,000 manuscripts in the city of Walata. There are an astonishing 700,000 surviving manuscripts in Timbuktu. It is thought that a quarter of these books are all about law. 
others were the about the Quran, history, logic, ethics, bio, biographies, mathematics, astronomy, and astrology, medicine, and geography. With these multiple sources of wealth, the gold trade, the salt trade, the leather trade, and the book trade, rulers were proudly displaying their wealth. There was a famous map drawn in 1375 called the Catalan Atlas. The West African ruler is depicted on the map with a gold crown, an orb of gold, and a wand of gold. The king, Mansa Musa, was rumored to be the richest man on the face of the earth. All right, Black Healing Matters family. That is about half of the first chapter of this book. And again, just to uh, remind you, the book title is called If You Want to Learn Early African History, Start Here. And the author is Robin Walker. And so again, I hope that this type of understanding of the deep cultural heritage that we share as black people goes so much deeper than just American and British slavery. That we are a beautifully powerful people, resilient, oh, amazing, and that we come from amazing people. So on that note, Black Healing Matters family, I love you. Happy New Year. As always, stay blessed and Black Healing Matters. Happy New Year to Danielle of Black Healing Matters and my playbook buddy. Just wanted to call to wish you a Happy New Year to encourage you to continue on your journey of sharing Black Healing Matters content. It is relevant and definitely needed in the world. And just wanted to say thank you. I'm glad we discovered each other out here on Anchor and that we're playbook buddies. Be so abundantly blessed to my friend and prosperous in all that you do and just wanted to make sure that I said hello and happy new year to you. Be well. Hey, 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 this is Richie Rich, AKA the man of still. Just letting everybody out there know that black healing matters all day, every day. Peace.